0: Grace and peace to you from God, our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Two leading British scientists have done a great deal of research, and they have concluded that Jesus died on Friday, April 3rd, 33 AD. Colin J. Humphreys and W.G. Waddington of Oxford University published their findings in the British Science magazine. Their combined study of the Gospels and scientific records led them to this conclusion. All four Gospels agree that Jesus died just a few hours before the start of the Jewish Sabbath, which was at nightfall on Friday. They also agreed that it was at the Passover which was the annual Jewish feast was held at the full moon. The lambs for the Jewish Passover were killed between 3 and 5 p.m. on the 14th day of the Jewish month of Nisan, which corresponds to our March and April. Jesus was on the cross from 9 in the morning until three in the afternoon. And so he died just as the Passover lambs were dying. He was the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. And Paul says in 1 Corinthians 5, 7, For Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed. The timing of his death was like the timing of his birth. It was in the fullness of time that God sent forth his son to be born of a woman. And now on the cross, it is precisely at the fullness of time that Jesus died. For it was this time that the sacrificial lambs also died. It was planned for precision timing that Jesus might be seen as the Passover lamb. Jesus is identified with the Lamb, for they die without a fight. They meekly go to their death without attacking or resisting Jesus. Without resisting. Jesus laid his life down voluntarily as well. He did not, as the lion of the tribe of Judah, snarl and rip and tear at the crucifiers to take some of them down with him. Even though he had the power to do so, like a lamb, he willingly laid down his life. He fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah 53, 7, which says, He was brought as a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before her shears is dumb, so he opens not his mouth. This was the lamb God provided that made all other sacrifices unnecessary. This is why the veil of the temple was rent, torn when Jesus died. For there was no longer a need for a sacrifice to enter God's preciseness for all people. The wall was down for good. For when the lamb died, he died For all. Not all the blood of beasts on Jewish altars slain could give the guilty conscience peace or wash away the stain, but Christ, the heavenly lamb, takes all of our sins away, a sacrifice of nobler name and richer blood than they. When we go now to the book of Revelation and listen to the songs that will be sung in the land of total victory, we do not hear about the lion and the conqueror, but it was about the lamb. In Revelation 5, the lamb has been slain, was in the midst of the central figure in heaven, and all other things fall down before the lamb and sing his new song. You are worthy to take the scroll and open its seals because you were slain, and with your blood you purchased men for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. Then millions of angels joined in loud voices singing, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. And then, as if this was not an enormous enough choir, every creature alive in the entire universe joined in the singing to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be praise and honor and glory and power forever and ever. The poet was right when he wrote, the whole creation joined in one to bless the sacred name of him who sits upon the throne and to adorn the Lamb. And we sing in one of our popular hymns, crown him with many crowns, the Lamb upon the throne. Hark how the heavenly anthem drowns all music but its own. The song of the Lamb will be the theme of music forever. And though it may seem trivial detail that Jesus died at the same time as the Passover lambs, it is in fact a marvelous example of God's guidance of his link to mankind. It was awesome that the Lamb of God gave his life. So we no longer have to have the sacrifices of lambs. Because once Jesus died, he took upon us the sins of the world. And so we are forgiven. In verse 45, it says, from the sixth hour until the ninth hour, darkness came over all the land. This is from about noon until 3 p.m. When the sun goes dark at high noon, you know that something is happening. Something with cosmetic proportions is going on. What does this three hours of darkness symbolize? It is clear from the prophets that it was a symbol of God's wrath and judgment. Amos tells of a great day of judgment coming upon Israel. We read in Amos 8, 9, In that day, declares the Lord, the Sovereign Lord, I will make the sun go down at noon and darken the earth in broad daylight. Darkness is a sign of God's judgment all through the Old Testament. One of the plagues of Egypt was three days of solid darkness in which nothing could be done because no one could see. In Joel 2.2, the day of the Lord is described a day of darkness and gloom, a day of clouds and blackness. Other prophets describe it the same way, and John Calvin says, this darkness is an incomparable proof of God's love for us. But the cross becomes a central point, not only of God's love, but also of God's anger at us because we had sinned and He had to sacrifice His Son for us. Jesus became that middleman between us and God. The cross represents all of mankind it represents god it represents a temporary death that is going to happen throughout history god has had or people have had a tendency to be angry even us ourselves from time to time have become angry at god even some of the Noble people in the Bible became angry with God. And of course, God became angry with us as well. Those hours of darkness represent the wrath of God and all the sin of mankind. The cross is just how much man can get angry at God and how much God can get angry at us. It is, it's sad. And the question sometimes beckons, if we would have been there, would things have been different? Would we have said something different? Probably not. It had to happen. It's been written throughout scriptures what God had to do for his son, Jesus Christ. Up on the cross, Jesus is there. And at the end he says, it is finished. It also correlates to Revelation 21.6 where he says, it is done. Both phrases, it is finished and it is done, were spoken by Christ. And both were heard by John. The first, when he stood near the cross in the darkness of the ninth hour, heard Jesus cry out in a graceful, great voice, It is finished. The second, in the vision granted unto him in the Isle of Patmos, he stood before the throne at the end of the ages and heard the triumphant Christ say, It is done. The first cry, it is finished, proclaims that the foundation of the temple of redeemed humanity has been laid. The second cry is done. It is done, proclaims that the glorious structure has been completed. Between the two cries stretches the history of the church. It is finished. That, perhaps, is the greatest proclamation ever made to man. Yet, it did not seem so when it was spoken at the time. He was just a derided, mocked, forsaken, broken, thorn crowned, wounded, bleeding, dying man up on the cross. Who cares what he said? It was finished. Who cares what his last cry was? And yet, those, the world has never forgotten those words. That cry, it is finished, was heard by heaven and earth and hell. Today it echoes around the walls of our churches and at the end of the ages, we will hear it uttered when from the throne he will say, It is done! Good Friday, many people through the ages have asked the question, why on such a terrific, terrifying day is it called good? An old grand preacher answered the question to his congregation. He said, because Easter Sunday is coming. Resurrection, new life is about to change our world forever. Jesus was despised and rejected by the very people he came to rescue, to save. No one has ever suffered more than Jesus Christ because he took it upon himself to carry the burden of the sins of the world on his shoulders past present and future imagine such a savior imagine such a person willing to sacrifice his own life for those he loved Jesus was alone in the garden and all the disciples deserted him and fled. But Jesus did not flee from the task that he had come to do. At every opportunity, he could have said, I'm not going to do this. I am done. I'm out of here. He had the power to do so. But then he would have left us doomed for all eternity. And he knew that. And so he had to continue on with the battle. Because Jesus wants everyone to be saved. Romans 10, 13. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Everyone. He wants everybody to be saved. He didn't die just for the righteous. He died for everybody. Good Friday is good because of what Christ had done for mankind. Yes, it is gruesome, but it was necessary to reconcile man to God. And his only son could accomplish that for us. Scripture shows us that death is not the end of the road. Resurrection is ahead. Resurrection is promised. Sooner or later, Everyone will face death. The question then contemplated to is where will it lead? All of mankind will be resurrected. Some to new life in heaven with the Savior, others to eternal separation in hell. But God in heaven desires that all be saved. In 1 Timothy 2, 4, he says, Who wants all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth? Do not miss the significance of what this day represents. As each of you came in today and you picked up a lightweight stone and you put your name on that, which represents, in a way, the worries that are in your life, I know none of us worry, do we? We do. But we're going to take those worries tonight. And at the very end of the service, we're going to take that rock, which is going to represent our worries, and put them up in here. And that will swallow up our worries because Jesus Christ says, I want you to be worry-free. I want you to live forever. Now that's a small stone that we have. They took a big stone and rolled it in front of the tomb when they took Jesus off the cross. They wanted to make sure that nothing was going to happen to the body, wanted to make sure that nobody was going to steal the body, so they placed this big stone in front of the grave. And there Jesus laid in the death for three days. We'll take a moment of silence and then we'll sing our next hymn number 443. 443. to follow along with the handout that you have. We have the Shadow of Condemnation from Luke 23. Two other men, both criminals, were also led out with him to be executed. When they came to the place called the Skull, they crucified him there along with the criminals, one on his right, the other on his left. Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they are doing. And they divided up his clothes by casting lots.
1: Forgiving Christ, when the world condemns us, when wrong is done to us, when we carry the weight of things that are too much to forgive, come alongside us in the darkness and give us the grace to be forgiven and forgiving.
0: The shadow of separation. From Luke 23. The people stood watching and the rulers even sneered at him. They said, he saved others, let him save himself if he is God's Messiah, the chosen one. The soldiers also came up and mocked him. They offered him wine vinegar and said, if you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was a written notice above him which read, This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him. Aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God, he said, since you are under the same sentence? We are punished rightly for we are getting what our deeds deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus answered him, Truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise.
1: Reconciling Christ, we are weighed down by sin and separation, a world that is not at peace. People who are not whole, you reached out to the thief, you welcomed him to God's side. Come alongside us in the darkness and bring grace and peace to everything that is broken.
0: The Shadow of Sorrow, from John 19. Near the cross of Jesus stood his mother, his mother's sister, Mary the wife of Cleopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother there and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to her, Woman, here is your son. And to the disciple Here is your mother. From that time on, this disciple took her into his home.
1: Loving Jesus, we carry the weight of the people we love, concerned for their sorrows and suffering. Our care for them is deep, and sometimes there is not much we can do. Come alongside us in the darkness and cradle the ones we love in your strong hands.
0: The Shadow of Despair, from Mark 5. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet, and trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. He said to her, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering.
1: Lord Jesus Christ, you know what it is to feel that God is far away. You know what it is to call out for God's presence. Come alongside us in the darkness and help us call out for God.
0: the shadow of suffering, recorded in the book of John. Later, knowing that everything had been finished and so that scripture would be fulfilled, Jesus said, I am thirsty. A jar of wine vinegar was there, so they soaked a sponge in it, put, it on the, spo- put the sponge on the stalk of the hyssop plant and lifted it up to Jesus' lips. When he received the drink, Jesus said, It is finished. With that, he bowed his head and gave up his spirit.
1: Suffering Savior, in all our thirst, in all our sickness, in all our longing, in all our pain, you are there. Come alongside us in the darkness and walk with us through all our suffering.
0: the shadow of death reading from the book of Luke it was now about noon darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon for the sun stopped shining and the curtain of the temple was torn in two Jesus called out with a loud voice father into your hands I commit my spirit watching these things.
1: Dearest Jesus, even in death you are there. When we mourn, when we are afraid, when we come to our own end, you have been there too. Come alongside us in the darkness and carry us through death to life.
2: The
0: next psalm is not in the hymnal, but I think most of you probably know the words. We're going to sing three verses of, were you there? Our life is full of worries. But God is taking the worries away from us. In Psalm fifty-five twenty-two, 22, he says, Cast your cares on the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never let the righteous be shaken. And in 1 Peter 5, 7, he says, Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Each one of you came in Receive the stone off the table. You put your first name on it. Carries your worries, your problems, everything you have. Give it to God. Come forward and you'll put your stone in here. And you will leave in silence.